A former Prime Minister jailed in the run-up to Pakistan's national parliamentary election. You might think that sounds like the fate of cricket great-turned-politician Imran Khan, but it also describes one of the candidates tipped to win Pakistan's election on the 8th of February. Nawaz Sharif is a three-time former PM who was jailed before the last national election in 2018. After a period of exile, Sharif is back with his convictions quashed. Imran Khan, by contrast, received three different prison sentences this week. Most recently, seven years for him and his wife after a court voided their marriage and declared it un-Islamic. In 77 years of elections, Pakistan's never had a prime minister finish their term. And Freedom House rates the nation as only partly free due to the enormous influence of the military. So how is this election shaping up and what will become of Imran Khan and his party, the PTI, whose members are having to contest the election as independents? Moeen Chima is Associate Professor in Law at ANU, formerly Associate Professor at Lahore University. And we spoke to Moeen back in 2018 when Imran was about to become Prime Minister. Moeen, the political picture looks very different now. Thanks for joining us to discuss it again. Uh, thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Yes, um, um, it's, it's very interesting that you mentioned that some things uh, superficially seem like the same, but uh, there's a lot that is very different uh, this time around. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So let's, uh, in let's explore that. Elections. Yeah, yeah. Um, could you give us maybe an overview of the main participants in the elections and how they're placed and your assessment of what really is so different this time in 2024? Well, so the main participants are, are are still, you know, like the still pretty much the same. The three major political parties: the Pakistan People's Party, led by the Bhuttos. Uh, you mentioned Nawaz Sharif, Nawaz Sharif's PML, PML Nawaz, PMLN faction, which is, um, which is the main contender. Um, it, this, these elections are so interesting. Everybody seems to think, in, even before the elections were, are, are, have also have been held, is that Nawaz Sharif will be the next fourth-time prime minister. So the results are almost a foregone conclusion. Mm. Um, and and then Imran Khan's uh, PTI, uh, which has been, um, and you know, as you also rightly mentioned, which has effectively been uh, decimated, and even legally, thanks to. Um, a pretty bad judgment by the Supreme Court itself um, that, you know, the party was denied its election symbol, which means uh, all the candidates are contesting effectively as independent candidates, not contesting elections as a political party. So these are the three main contenders. Um, yes. And so um, how do you, how would you describe the shift in Pakistani politics since the na last national election? Well, in 2018, um, Imran Khan's party was quite popular, but so was PMLN, um, Nawaz Sharif's party. Nawaz Sharif was the incumbent prime minister. Uh, but, um, you know, in the last year, in the run-up to the elections, was disqualified uh, by the Supreme Court on corruption charges um, and could not, uh, you know, was in, was in jail, could not contest elections, but his party was by and large intact. Mm. Um, and they did contest the elections and won a significant number of seats. Uh, but it was the PTI which uh, got to form, Imran Khan's political party got to form a coalition government. And even then, uh, it was quite evident that they had the support of the military. Um, so the military helped uh, Imran Khan get into power. Um, but that support, uh, I wouldn't say it was minimal, but it was much less compared to what it is now. This time, 
the problem for the military is that uh, Imran Khan is still hugely popular. Um, and if there were, if there was any semblance of free and fair elections, and if the PTI had a had a fair chance, uh, even like the 2018 elections, there is no way the elections could be managed uh, through pre-poll rigging or during poll rigging to such an extent as to deny him um, another opportunity to come into power. That is why this time it has been done so much more blatantly and to a much greater extent than during any elections uh, in Pakistan's recent history. Um, you mentioned right at the outset that no, no elections in Pakistan's history can be classified as truly, at least in recent history, as truly free and fair. But, uh, the, but, the, but the term, which is quite popular in Pakistan, management, that is euphemism for pre-poll rigging, hmm. the way it has been employed, the extent to which it has been employed uh, in these uh, elections is definitely unprecedented. So, yes, when you say that the uh, conclusion of this election is a foregone conclusion, that is really because of the uh, domineering influence of the military and its preferred candidate. Um, uh, and I suppose that does that mean that the PTI still remains uh, very, very popular uh, and you, would, you think would win a free and fair election? Uh, yes, that is the yeah. That's what most people um, actually think that if there were free and fair elections, the PTI would win by a substantial majority enough to easily form government by itself, which is something that the military obviously does not want. Which is why all these uh, various measures have been mm. uh, adopted um, to engineer the results that the military wants. So it will be very interesting to see if there there's enough PTI candidates who win even as independents, and there's a fair chance of that. What happens next uh, because then a coalition government will have to be formed of the other two parties and you know some minor coalition partners it will be a repeat of the one and a half year long pdm government just before the elections um, and its performance was disastrous so there's no possibility of these elections uh, settling anything in pakistan or leading to any kind of political stability which which the country desperately needs Yes, indeed, because obviously the the sort of coalition politics of forming a government uh, are always complex with multi-parties, but now we face the prospect that there could be a huge number of independents from the PTI party as well. That just sounds like a recipe for even greater instability. Um, precisely that. And... Um so, you know, if, if a government like that um, might exist for like a year and a half or two years, elections will have to be again held. Some kind of uh, uh, settlement will have to be reached at some point with Imran Khan if he remains and is likely to remain as popular as he is. Um, and uh, the end result will be that after the elections, just as now, uh, during the caretaker phase, which has been extended uh, unnecessarily because of delay in elections, and the previous PDM government that only lasted uh, a year and a half after Imran Khan's in April 2022. During this whole phase, uh, it's the military that has effectively been in power. Um, formally, it is, you know, it's some, there's some semblance of constitutional government or a civilian government, mm. but everybody knows the reality. It is actually, it's effectively military rule. It just has a very good uh, facade. The military hasn't directly taken over power. But if uh, elections are, you know, produce the result that is expected, you will once again see a very weak, Elected government, Nawashi might be the fourth time prime minister, but the real power will still remain with the military. So, Moeen, uh, could you give us your broader reflections on Imran Khan's political career? And I suppose Nawaz Sharif might say to him, well, just because you're in jail doesn't really mean that your political career is over. Look at me. Do you think that Imran Khan could make a comeback or is it uh, over for him? 
Well, if if one goes by history, and you've you've given the example of Nawaz Sharif, but this but similarly with the People's Party as well, these cases, uh, you know, corruption charges cases, these have always been used uh, precisely for this sort of uh, purposes, and there were multiple attempts to get rid of Nawaz Sharif and to destroy his politics. Uh, they have only partially succeeded. Um, he's made, you know, he's made multiple comebacks, including the, the present one. So the chances are, if Imran Khan remains popular, um, and him going to jail and accepting his uh, uh, imprisonment uh, as bravely as he has, I think, is has actually gotten him, uh, gotten him more support. Like he's got, he's probably even with these cases, these convictions. If the goal was to actually undermine his supporters and the message to his supporters um, that you know he's been he's been kicked out of politics uh, for a while at least, if not for good, uh, it seems to have sent the these convictions seem to have sent the wrong message, and people seem to be even more voti- motivated to mm. vote in the February eighth elections and uh, in support of him. So chances are that at some stage he will make a comeback. The question is when and how much damage will already have been done uh, through an unstable coalition government and rigged elections uh, before that happens. You mentioned also the um, the Bhutto family party. I wonder if you could give us a brief outline of uh, the new leader of that party, uh, Bilawal Bhutto Zardari, um, a, a relatively young um, uh, competitor uh, given the, the others on the stage. Yes, so Bilawal has Bilawal has that uh, that advantage. One once you know, one he has the pedigree of being Benazir Bhutto's son. Um, he's uh, his father is who effectively heads the party as the, technically the co-chairperson, but heads the heads the party makes makes the final decisions. It has um, has been hugely unpopular, um, and is widely seen as being um, corrupt and like a typical politician uh, who engages in power games and vote buying and all those sorts of practices. Bilawal at least has the advantage that he's seen as you know young, as fresh, and has the capacity to uh, to you know paint a picture of like a, a little bit of difference from from that traditional politics that the that the People's Party has engaged in. Um, but the problem for Bilawal is that he served as the prime minister, uh, sorry, the foreign minister in the previous uh, PDM coalition government after Imran Khan's government was dismissed. All the all the opposition joined, uh, including the People's Party with the PMLN, all the opposition political parties, that, the other, that is the opposition to Imran Khan. Um, they all gathered together to form that weak uh, coalition government uh, during uh, whose brief tenure uh, Pakistan's economy absolutely tanked. It's a financial, it's a mass, massive economic crisis. Yeah, inflation rates of about 30%. 30, 30, 35, 40% mm. at times, um, um, you know, nearing default um, and uh, also like an increasing security crisis. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a multiple multiple crises in Pakistan, a foreign policy crisis, uh, recent tr- troubles even with Iran. So I don't think any neighbor is left that Pakistan is not in a difficult, um, you know, foreign policy dynamic with, uh, other than perhaps China to some extent. Um, so, multi, you know, it's a multi-pronged crisis. And the only thing that can help the country out is, is some kind of political stability, a strong leadership with legitimate popular backing um, that can actually tackle, start to tackle these crises, which will probably take years to uh, do something significant about. Uh, but these elections seem to be headed in a direction in which that is precisely the kind of government Pakistan will not get. Um, and so the political crisis and the other crises are, are likely to continue for the indefinite future. 
Well, it's a very complex and uh, concerning picture. Uh, Moeen Chima, thank you so much for joining us uh, again on Sunday Extra to discuss the state of Pakistani politics. <laughs> thank you very much. That's Moeen Chima, Associate Professor in Law at the ANU. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.